right. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you all today. Um, a couple of things real quick before we get into today. Next Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent. I uh, know it snuck up on us, but we're ready, maybe. So next Sunday, we begin our Advent sermon series. And I don't know if any of you noticed the, the sign at the entrance that we're going to be talking about the Christmas Carol, the story of the Charles Dickens. And, and as we've been going through it, there's just some cool things that come up that we're going to celebrate. We're going to have this all decorated up here. So tomorrow um, afternoon, if you want to come help, we'll have some people up here to decorate the church for Christmas so that when we all come back Sunday, um, everything will be ready to go. Also, um, as we mentioned tonight, tonight we have, for those of you that do not know this, we have um, a ministerial alliance um, here in town that Kathy and I are both a part of, um, which we gather with other preachers. We haven't as much lately, but we're getting into it. And um, just uh, some things that might be going on in our community. And one thing that we have always done, except for last year, of course, is had a community Thanksgiving service. I think the last time we had it was here, right, 2019. And so... Um, that's what happens when, you know, this, this past fall I've been doing a lot of traveling. You come back and you find you've missed meetings and you get voluntold that you're in charge of doing something. Has that ever happened to anybody? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my friend who is from the Methodist Church, um, I don't even think he called. He just sent me a text. I think I was, was, I was on the road. I think I was going to Nashville or somewhere. And he just said, hey, we met about the Ministerial Alliance Community Thanksgiving dinner, you're preaching, thanks. And, um, and so uh, then, then when I got back, the, the guy, it's at the, the Central Church of Christ, he did call and ask me if I would be willing to do it. So um, anyway, that's tonight, 6 o'clock, um, and so and hope you all come out. And Kathy's actually singing tonight? That's right, she's, yeah, okay. So... Uh, Communication is key. And uh, so anyway, but um, so we got that going on. And hopefully my, my, my hope and my plan is we do these things is, is we kind of have this community Thanksgiving service is, is a it kind of helps us to realize that we are connected and not defined by the four walls that we kind of huddle around on Sunday morning. There are other people out there that are Christian people that we can worship with. And I think that's a good thing. And B, I think hopefully it will center us as we go through this week and this upcoming holiday season. And so today, um, before we start Advent next Sunday, I want to talk about something that um, is a kind of near and dear to my heart that I need to hear. And maybe you do too as we kind of prepare. I mean, the holiday season is up and it's going. It's here. And so um, I want to read a scripture and then I want to talk about it. We're going to read another scripture. And maybe it'll help us as we kind of enter into this season to be better prepared to celebrate it properly. Okay? So let's pray. God, we are blessed to be here, blessed to be with each other, blessed to be in this place. Um, for those of us, there, there might be people that are traveling. We ask for safety. Um, people who are ill and sick, we ask for comfort and peace and healing. And just people who are in chaotic, difficult situations. 
where it's like, I don't know how I'm going to get out. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't even know if I can take another step. God, we ask that you meet us there and take it with us. And even take it for us if we need to. So as we read scripture and it becomes alive and relevant, may it speak to us eternal truth this morning so we can leave here better prepared to face what's out there. And there's Rick, the name of Jesus, we all said. <coughs> Amen. So if you have a Bible, we are going to read something Jesus said. Um, we're going to read Matthew, Matthew chapter 15, verse 10. Now, um, one of the things that Jesus sort of weighs into when he comes and he teaches and he preaches is Jesus is a rabbi. A rabbi is someone who interprets basically... Now, you've got to remember at this point, we, they didn't have the New Testament. Jesus was living the New Testament. But they did have the Old Testament, the Torah. And a rabbi would come through and sort of interpret the, the, the rules and the laws. There were 614 laws. And, and what a rabbi would do sometimes is they would give weight to laws. Basically, this one is more important to tend to than that one. Because let's be honest... Any of us nail 614 rules every day, 24-7? Yeah, yeah. That's why the question to Jesus, Jesus, give us one, right? Just give us one, and that's when Jesus says, love your God neighbor. And so a lot of times what Jesus is doing, and if you notice this, Jesus, many times when he comes in and he critiques people and their view of the law, it has to do when human beings and their well-being becomes secondary to rules and regulations, right? When Jesus, when his disciples are feeding themselves on the Sabbath, one of the laws is don't work on the Sabbath. If you go out picking cotton, picking corn, picking grain, picking whatever, you're working. And so they go out, they're hungry. And so they're picking some food to eat. And I, uh, Jesus, look, your disciples, and that's when he's like, no, 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 what you don't understand is that human beings and the needs are more important than the rules and the regulations. One of the things that was very important in the Jewish time, in the Jewish day, and in this, was dietary laws. Things you could and that you could not eat. Eating certain meats or meats that were prepared a certain way or not prepared a certain way, oh, that was a bad, bad, bad deal. And people would get caught up on these things. So here's what Jesus says. Chapter 15, verse 10. Then he called the crowd, and he said, listen, and understand. Two things, not just one. What? Listen, what? And understand, right? You can listen to something and not understand it. He said, listen and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person. So basically, you guys are getting caught up in the food you can eat, the food you can't eat. You're getting caught up. The foods that are prepared a certain way have some sort of thing. You, you can't do this. This is bad for you, blah, blah, blah. So Jesus said, don't get caught up in that because it's not what goes in the mouth, but it what comes what? Out of the mouth that defiles. Then the disciples approached and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? So basically what he's saying, the Pharisees got upset because you said it doesn't matter what we eat. Yeah, they didn't get upset about the part of what comes out of the mouth, but what got the, oh, this is something we protect. We protect this. He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. 
They're blind guides of the blind. And if one blind person guides another, both will fall into a pit. And Peter said, explain the parable. Now, the parable was what? The parable was it's not what goes in that defiles, but what comes out. Then he said, are you still without understanding? So you listened, but you didn't what? You didn't understand. There's two parts to that. You still you, you see you didn't understand. Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach and goes out into the sewer? TMI. We understand. But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this is what defiles. For out of the heart come evil intentions: murder, adultery, fornication, theft false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands? That doesn't defile anybody, just not smart. <laughs> right? Now, the reason I read the scripture, and this has been on my heart a little bit, because there's something that has been on my heart recently. And I, and I say within the last few weeks, and as I was kind of looking at, right, I'm going to have this Sunday where we're kind of in between series. We're coming up on Thanksgiving. Here's what I'm talking about. Uh, several weeks ago, I think when I was in, I was in Illinois for one of my trips and we were at a table and I was eating with some other people and there was like two or three other couples about my age sitting at the table and one of them, they were talking about their Thanksgiving plans and the Thanksgiving plans, this, this woman was complaining. She lived in a town where all of her family lived in this town. And she said, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to, you know, Thanksgiving morning, we're going to get up and we're going to this person's house and we're having Thanksgiving. And then at noon, we're going to go to this person's house and we're going to eat Thanksgiving. And then for dinner, we're going to go over to this person's house and we're going to eat Thanksgiving. How many of you know what I'm talking Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, anybody got that kind of plan going on Thanksgiving? It's like we're going to eat here. We're going to eat like 25 Thanksgiving dinners and it's going to be so bloated that it's not really going to be fun. And this woman, when she was talking about it, she was talking about it with, with and this is what we're doing, and she kind of sat back and she said, oh, I missed last year. Now, let me remind you what was happening last year. Last year is 2020. Do I need to remind anybody? This time last year was, we, we were skyrocketing in numbers, and basically, because of that, this lady and her husband, instead of getting up early on Thanksgiving morning and going in here, and then going in here, going in here, they did what? They stayed at home in their pajamas all day. And she's like, oh, that was so nice. <laughs> right? Yeah. How many of you know exactly? It's like, oh, I'm already dreading the holiday season. It was so much nice when I could sit home and rest. Because usually after a day of Thanksgiving, I need a Friday to take a day off to relax from Thanksgiving Day. Go shopping that day. Gets even worse. You do that. There's another couple at the table. And they're, they're like me. Uh, she has family that lives like 300 miles away. And so what they do on Thanksgiving is they leave like on Tuesday and go to her folks' house and stay till like Saturday. So it's like it's a whole trip at the in-laws. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so they were making the comment of, yeah, last year we stayed home and it was what? So nice. This year, and the words they use is we're going back to the drama. And I started thinking, 
as much as we despise, I mean, as much as, oh, the pandemic has kept us in last year and all this stuff, there was some sort of, I get to sit here and enjoy and rest and avoid the drama that the holidays have to offer. Anybody looking down the holiday season is like, oop, yeah, I got to see them, or I got to see them. And many of the people that we're going to see, we hadn't seen in two years. I know I have. I didn't go see my, I see my family once a year Thanksgiving, and I didn't go last year, and we didn't go this year. So many of us, if you're like me, you're thinking about the family I'm going to have to see and all the catching up that's going to be done. And that's not always a good thing. Right? How many of you know exactly what I'm talking about? It's that person. You know they're going to open their mouth. Right? Oh, my goodness, we didn't talk about the election last year. A lot has happened. And that's going to come up because they got to get it off their chest. And it hasn't been done. That person where it's like, oh, I know they're going to say something about the, the 15 I put on. And I'm not looking forward to it. And they just can't help themselves. How many, how many of you know what, what I'm talking about? It's like, it's, it's like I want to see this person, this group of people. I hope we don't kill each other because it always gets close. And we got two years built up here. And so it's, I was listening to these people and these conversations and how sad it is. And then I read Jesus when he talks about words. And I don't know about you, what I'd like to do when I go home and visit family, maybe you do too, is to take this little piece of my Bible and cut it out. It's not what goes into the mouth, so I can eat all turkey dressing I want. But it's what? Come out of the mouth. So I want to I put this on here so when somebody comes up to me and says something, remember, right here, watch. What's, what's fixing to come out of your mouth? Now, Here's the problem, is as much as I would like to apply this to every person that I come in contact with, this, this, this scripture is not designed for me to read with you in mind. It's designed for me to read with who in mind? That's judgmental. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because here's the thing, can I control what you say? Would I like to? Sure. But who can I control what they say? Yeah, my, myself. Turn just real quick to the book of Ephesians. This is Paul, and he's talking to a community of believers. And this is uh, a church in Ephesus, chapter 4, um, verse 29. Here, here's what he says to them, and here's what's very interesting. Um, verse 29, chapter 4. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths. But only what is useful for building up, as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear it. So Jesus takes this scripture. It's not what defiles that goes in, but what comes out here. Be, be careful what, what, what you say. But Paul actually takes it a little bit further. And he says, when you speak, the words that come out of your mouth, not only should they not defile you, they should be for the sole purpose of building up the person that you are giving the words to. How many times 
do we speak or how many times are words spoke to us? And we would say, those are less than building blocks, right? For some reason, there is this way in which we communicate to which I think we've been told or believed some things about the words that we speak. Number one, and I'm saying this because you and I, if we enter into this, it's on us to be able to speak kindly. It's on us to not let our words defile us. Number one, it is not okay to speak what you think. I want to say that again. It, you don't ha- just because you have a right to say what you want to does not mean that you should. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, okay. So, so um, several years ago, when my older two were younger, um, one of my children, I'm not going to name any names, but was younger, um, God did not give her a filter. Do you know what a filter is? It's like you have a brain, you have a mouth. In order for this to come out here, it has to come through here. Now, some of us have this filtering that says, eh, shouldn't go, this, well, let's stop it here. Or let's stop it here, right? Um, but I had one that did not, and so we'd always talk about just because you think it or you feel it does not mean you have to say it. Really? No, no, you don't. <laughs> you can keep that to yourself. And it was just this idea, but, but that's, that's what I'm, I'm, I should be speaking. I understand, and we want, but you don't always have to. Well, how do I know? Does it hurt somebody? Is it offensive? Is it rude? Is it mean? So, several days after this speech that we were talking about, um, somebody came over and was visiting some guy, and, and he, a friend of mine, he left, and she said, Boy, he has sure lost some weight. And I said, kind of like your dad. And she goes, <gasps> and you can just tell it's trying to come out. It's trying, but then the filter speech is starting, starting to work, right? Just, just because we think something, we feel something, does not mean what? We have to say it. And some of you are going to be like her and be like, but it's the truth, <laughs> right? Sometimes the truth, maybe even though we know it, is not necessary. The, the question, is this building someone up? When you're in a conversation with someone and the temperature gets higher and it's like, oh, we're fixing to go here. Are you building someone up or are you building yourself up? You know, one of the things that I've learned about myself that I think that is a practice that is healthy too is... Um, I am aware. I'm aware of this. I have buttons. Not just on my shirt. In my life. Anybody have buttons? Any, all right, well, let me ask you this. Okay, let's play. Has anybody ever had your buttons pushed? Okay, anybody? Okay, da- daily. Twice today already. Are you aware that you have buttons? Okay. So if we are aware that we have buttons, and I know my wife's buttons too, um, 
Yeah, yeah, we can all tell, but no, no, but it's not, it's not, it's not you picking out who, somebody else's. It's like, am I aware that I have this trigger point that if this conversation goes a certain way, it's going to really push me to a point to where I might say something that I shouldn't say? Or, or if, if this situation arises, or if I'm, and so many times what I've learned to do is if I'm getting to the point to where all of a sudden what, what the, the mouth and the defile is about to come up, then I try to separate myself from the situation. How do I avoid interacting into a conversation where I'm going to say something that I regret, where I'm going to say something that I'm going to apologize for in the morning, where I'm going to say something that is, that is just totally going to blow the doors off of somebody. It's going to feel good at the moment, but I'll be picking up shrapnel. Before I do that, the healthy thing to do is to realize I need to get myself out of the situation. I need to go somewhere else. I need to go to the bedroom door. I need to close the bedroom door because even though what I'm saying might be true, and even though what I'm saying might be accurate, this is going to be a hurtful, is this building somebody up or is this tearing somebody down? And Jesus says, it's not what goes in the mouth, but what comes out of the mouth. Because let's face it, some of the most hurtful, some of the most painful experiences that you and I have ever encountered has not come from physical pain by somebody else, but what? Words. Words. And once those words came, come out, they, they cannot be what? They can't be taken back. And the view, the bar, I remember the first time that I went <laughs> to, to my wife, uh, we were dating, and, and she had a family reunion, which those are always fun when you're the first time new in-law coming in. And it was like you could, you could feel there's a bunch of people, which you can feel tension between people. It's like, and, and I was like, oh, let me tell you this story. One time they got into it, and they said some things, and they said some things, and guess what? Even though they've apologized, they're still what? The, the, the words are still lingering there. And so I, I guess the thing for me to do is I would rather step out and disappear, and people say, where's the one for about 10 minutes? And then come back with a better attitude and perspective than have that relationship ruined that, that, that we will never ever get back. You know, Jesus says something in the scripture that I think is very important too. He says, the words that we say come from where? The heart. The heart. I think that is very interesting. Now, the heart, is, I kind of describe it as this like spiritual seat of consciousness that we all have. This place where we have our secret desires, the things that we don't want anybody else to know about. And what Jesus says, when we speak, sometimes it exposes what? Exposes who we really are. And so if we want to be the kind of people, I don't know about you, but I want to be the kind of people. I want to be the kind of person that when I come into a conversation and I come into a place where I'm meeting with people, I don't have to... I don't have to step away. I don't have to worry about this heart coming out and saying, bro, I'm going to get you, right? It's, it's this thing because I'm a firm believer. And I guess what Jesus, I believe Jesus is saying here is you want to monitor what comes out here. Monitor what goes in here. You want, you want to control what comes out here that control what goes in 
to hear. You show me somebody, somebody who is very jellious, jellious, is that a word? Jellious? It is now, because we have some jelly things. Jellious? Jellious and envious of somebody else because somewhere in their heart they think they haven't got what they deserve. So somewhere in their heart they're thinking, I'm getting the short end of the stick. And then I look at somebody else who's gotten more than me, and that's going to cause it. Why? And then the words are going to come out to try to build myself up by putting you down. What we put in here comes out here, just like what you eat. You eat fat, greasy food, you become fat, greasy dude. Right? Yeah. What you put in, what you eat is what you're going to be. And so I think that's why this time of year is so important for me. And this is what I want, want us to kind of, I guess, live, live, go on. How we view ourselves greatly impacts how we treat others and the things we say about others. And this season, I have to constantly remind myself that I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Do I have as much? No, but I am blessed. And when I put that in my heart, that, oh man, what I have is a gift and it is awesome, then the words that I speak are going to come from a position of that. You show me someone, you show me someone who believes in their heart that God has richly blessed them and all that they need they have, they are not going to be spewing negative, pessimistic things to other people. What are they going to be saying? Words of kindness. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so this, this Thanksgiving season, when you go and you meet and you gather with that person and you're dreading what they're going to do, you know why you have issues with your family? You have a family. Sorry, I mean, no. You're blessed to have a family. You're blessed to have... Why, and so why is... You, why are you going to have issues with somebody else? Yeah. Same, same reason you have issues in your marriage. I, only, I think I'm the only one who has a perfect marriage. No, why do we have issues in our marriage? Because you're married, that's right. It's the nature of it. There's going to be things, but you're blessed to have that. How many of you have ever had issues with your children? How many of you ever wish my, ch- I wish my children would straighten up and do this? Anybody? Why do you have issues with your children? Because God blessed you with kids. And the way we maneuver out in this world is realize that this is the nature of what things are sometimes. But the blessing that we have is we have been given. We have been blessed. And all that you need, you have. All that you need, you have. And so I think what Jesus is saying, when he's saying what comes from the heart comes out here we put in here the things we don't have, the way things aren't going our way, the, the way we want things, the way things are broken, the way things, yeah, we, we could do that, and then this is going to reflect that, or we can come in and say, okay, God has given me more than I can even fathom. Yeah, I'm having issues with this, this, and this, but man, I have this, this, 
and this. The blessings we have far outnumber the negative. So this season, as we go into it, where we're going to be surrounded by people, the words that we speak may be a reflection of the blessedness that we feel inside of us, that God has given to us in the natural reaction is to bless others. So every day, every day, do we start the day by saying, thank you, God, for what I have. Thank you, God, that I woke up again this morning. As somebody I used to always hear said, thank you, Lord, that I woke up on this side of the grass. And then and I thank you, God, for a wonderful day that I was able to experience with you and you and you and you. And did it go exactly as planned? No, but I am blessed. Negative people are going to be negative people. Pessimistic people are going to be pessimistic people. But we, as followers of this resurrected Savior who says, all that you need I have been given to you, we are a reflection of that blessedness to all people that we come in contact with. So in the ways you need to step away, that's fine, in order you can be a blessing to somebody else. In the ways you need to regroup and say, you know what, okay, I'm about to go off the end because I am letting these buttons, and I don't need to, these buttons are being pushed, and I don't, that, I, I, I need to quit. I need to stop because I am blessed no matter what somebody else says to me or about me because that's what these seasons all about. It's all about being in the presence and realizing that we are extremely blessed and have been given to you. And so let us pause and just remember that. And be conscious of what they are so we can be a blessing to each other. Let's pray. God, many times we struggle, many times we fight, many times we say, what about us? And, and we, many times we... We think we're getting the short end of the stick, but remind us just what we have. And that we have people who you have put in our life that love us <laughs> and, and that show us grace and forgiveness. And, and God, in the times in which we need to hold our tongue, give us the strength, <laughs> the knowledge to do that so that our words may reflect totally to build people up. And as we remember that you built us up. And you gave to us. So God, as we look through this uh, lens of a season coming up, maybe we're anxious. Maybe we're excited. Maybe we're like, hey, here we go again. Whatever it is, God, meet us there so that we can properly, properly connect to you and be thankful for what we have instead of what we don't. In the resurrected name of Jesus, we all said, amen.